you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza. And as always, I have a very special guest for you today. This is a show that's going to impact you on a lot of different levels. We've got a very, very experienced and very interesting guest in store today. Joining me from Ontario is Cindy Nolette. Now, Cindy and I have spoken beforehand here, and she's got quite a story for you and quite a lot of life experience that I think is really going to benefit you. So let me read in Cindy's own words here a little bit about herself. So as a close-up experiencer of a UFO at seven, it has allowed me to fast track my spiritual journey. I've been applying my work in energy and intuition with my hair clients for 34 years. Environmental energy work involves dowsing to locate and cure influences such as underground water that are negatively impacting our sleep or workspace. Since retirement, I'm now expanding my platform into an online presence. I look forward to meeting you in this space. So Cindy has been a hairstylist for 34 years, is now retired and an environmental dowser, a feng shui expert, a personal coach, among many things, making the transition into the digital world. She joins us today from Ontario. Cindy, welcome to Decide to Transform. Hello, Tomas, thank you so much. I am pleased to be here in this space of this digital life, um, which is where I want to expand. And I uh, look forward to our chat today. This is going to be a lot of fun. And we've spoken ahead of time here. And I find it very interesting. There's a number of things that are very interesting. And we'll talk about the UFO experience that you had at age seven and how that's influenced you and your spiritual trajectory throughout your life. But I find it very interesting that you were a hairstylist for 34 years. That means you've heard a lot of deep personal information from people. And I know that a number of our listeners can relate to that in various walks of life. So as you've been a hairstylist, you're now retired. How are you applying your energy work during that period of time? Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So um, within my, my experiences of workplaces, I started out working for someone out of their home and then, you know, grew into a salon setting. And okay. my husband and I were married in 1997, and we quickly were uh, expecting twins and oh, realized wow. that working in that workspace wasn't going to be valid for us anymore. Uh, he was my only support as our family was far from us. So we started the home setting, which was expanding on this personal experience of the salon client. So that was interesting because we didn't have ears around and what was said was kept in private 
and a lot of people share deep things. And I want to say that I, I learned a lot from their experiences just as a witness and to your podcast, when it's the, the deciding to transform, I believe that I represent a smaller portion of people who maybe had an easier time transforming, whereas there are other people that, you know, occupy the percentage of near-death experiences and maybe something more traumatic. So I had the, the experience of just servicing and um, meeting people on a personal level and both, you know, the husband and the wife and the children were always my clients. So I got to know them personally and as a whole and found, you know, their own experiences to be very, um, you know, important to me, even if children were to teach me. So I had that in a home setting. It was great. Okay. Well, this is really interesting because you, you make a really interesting point. There have been a number of people that have appeared as guests on this show who have had very traumatic and very abrupt transformational experiences. So when, when you say that yours was easier, what, is that, what does that look like? Uh, easier. Easier. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, there's the, the idea that, you know, um, our life shows us certain examples and we have maybe a sole mission to complete certain tasks mm -hmm. and sometimes if we're not on course there are um, circumstances that come up like illness or losses or you know scary things that would um, maybe prompt somebody to look into what they're doing as maybe not the right trail and for myself um, as a witness to all of my clients personal experiences I could you know, put that in my memory bank and, and embody it as a, on a personal level, because we were talking so deeply yeah. that I didn't necessarily need to feel their trauma to be able to learn some of the lessons. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. I mean, it's, it's quite an energetic exchange and uh, well, I mean, you know, you're, you're actually in physical contact with every single person that comes in as well as, as deep personal space. And then a lot of, well, a lot of sharing goes on there. And, and I can only imagine some of the things that, um, that were said that you witnessed there. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, and, you know, what is really interesting to me, and I think to our, our listeners, is that you had the UFO experience at age seven, which really shaped the trajectory of your life. So would you walk us through that? Uh, what, what happened? Where were you? Yeah, it was one of those experiences that um, it was, it was, you know, quiet and personal, and it was, there was no fright involved, although I was probably amazed and dumbfounded. Um, I was at my grandmother's house and my sister and I were somehow found ourselves on the back steps stand, standing on these really old fashioned farmhouse of my grandmother's and standing on granite steps and out to the right was this beautiful silver disc that came in the summer sky with no cloud covering. It was as beautiful and serene as quiet as could be. And somehow um, I was the one that managed to, to stay and have a longer experience while my sister left us to go get my mother and my grandmother to come out and see this site. So standing there in this peaceful experience, the, the UFO had you know, rested directly in front of me and just stayed stationary, no sound, no motion, nothing you know, that was scary or anything. I was just mesmerized at this beautiful silver disc 
and um, just I feel like you know there it was a longer time frame, but it was relatively uh, you know unfrightening. So at that time, my sister was coming out, and this ship had kind of powered up, and the only sound that I could hear was such a clean engine sound, and there was never anything like that that I could compare to, and it mm -hmm. just zoomed directly away. And so when my family came back out, I was standing there alone. And I was the one that had this experience. So even though it was really big, um, it got packed away. And my in childhood was very unassuming. And we didn't, you know, nothing really changed in my neighborhood with me growing up with all the other experiences. But I do feel like I was um, a little bit asleep through school. Like I felt like though that structure didn't fit me and you know the whole growth idea of people would you know telling people you know the little ones you don't have imaginary friends or those kinds of things that get squashed when you're a little child i clearly saw this and nothing nothing and no one was going to say i didn't see that or hear that ship so it always you know made me curious and always not to argue any points but to always think that there's something that other people aren't able to see, even if it's in plain sight. There are so many things that are right there and we are told not to see it really. Mm -hmm. I love the way you just put that. We're told not to see it, right? We're instructed not to see it. And yeah, even though it's in plain sight. Okay, so now why do you suppose, let's go back to the day that you actually had, um, this experience and then you're the one that wound up having the totality of it why do you suppose that you were not afraid well particularly my experience wasn't scary because it was a beautiful summer day my sister was by my side. My dad was working in the field. My mother and my grandmother were in the house and it was mm. a perfect, beautiful summer day. And the disc was beautiful and silver and shiny and it just moved so slowly and so eloquently. It was a little bit of a, an intimate experience if, if you were to ask me. Um, most of it was when I was alone and intimate because it was just placing itself so quietly in front of me at a distance that wasn't up in the sky too high, um, but far enough that I wasn't going to be grabbed or reached and there was mm. nothing moving or nothing. And it was beautiful in a blue setting, right out of the blue, this, this ship comes and, uh, and it zoomed right away from me as quietly as it came and uh, Im imprinted me for a very, very long time and left me mesmerized and it always in the back and ready for actually this time. And now I think it's come to the forefront more than any time. Okay. Well, that sounds amazing, first of all. And it's interesting that you were the only one that had the full totality of the experience because everyone else was inside. And by the time that they arrived back on the porch, the, um, the ship was gone. So do you have any notion of why, why you were gifted with this experience? Did that question ever come up for you? Well, that did come up for me. It came up for me just last year when I decided to do um, a past life regression. Um, and I've always 
wondered about this ship. And I am aware that there's technology that they are saying is more military, that these these flying crafts were available even in Hitler's time. Mm. And um, so I was questioning, was it a military? Was it, you know, outer world? You know, why was this experience for me? So I, I pondered that through my life and I had a hit just recently was like, is that, you know, my future self? Did my, was it military or was it my future self? So upon um, hypnosis, it was the January 11th of this last year. Okay. And I chose that, that date for a reason. And um, there was a good cosmic alignment for that day. And mm-hmm. that was, you know, in the, the new, the new of the 2020. So I had my hypnosis and the lady house walking me through and asked me, you know, did you go on the ship? And I said, no, I was just on the stairs and I just watched this. So I was quite certain that I didn't go on to the ship, except for in my hypnosis, I could feel my consciousness rising from the top of my head and going to the ship. Okay but the little girl was still standing on the stairs. So my physical self didn't leave. And because the time frame was so short, but when you're looking into these phenomenons, you know, they're talking about time and space being different. So it's not always yeah. the same time frame as the experiencer. So uh, yeah. I found out a lot of things through hypnosis that um, made sense, but mm-hmm. were weird at the same time. So I did have that curiosity as to why me. And I did... I did feel like it was um, tools that I would need for this time and space. Okay, okay, I love I love this on on so many levels. Uh, that would be a question that I think occurs to a lot of people: is I just had this beautiful experience. Why me? So when you did the hypnosis recently, just a few months ago, then uh, years after the event occurred it was revealed to you that in fact, you did go aboard. Do you recall anything from that experience? On a physical self, um, I always wondered if the ship had a line of lighting on the, 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 um, the outer edge. And I on occasion asked my sister, did you see a row of lighting? And everything else I was 100% sure I would say it over and over again with no change in the story, except for the idea that there might've been a light, um, some lights and it was like alternating red and blue lights. That was the only thing that I wasn't quite sure about. So in the hypnosis, yes, there was a row of lighting and it actually was where it, you know, it did actually show its lights to me during that time, which I did not aware, I was not aware as a little girl. Okay. Yeah, very interesting because there are, I think this is going to be of interest to a lot of people because there are a number of people that have have undergone hypnosis and hypnotherapy and have learned all kinds of things that they have feel like they've always known. They've always known it was just reconfirmed for them or, or confirmed more clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like what, what you're describing with that I'm curious about what you said a minute ago about the timing of the reveal of all this. Now this information will be of use to you. Could you say some more about that? 
Um, well, I think we can all agree on a global level, this 2020 and, you know, everybody being sent home to their rooms to think about our actions is, is a global activity. Yes. So, you know, we called it the coronavirus and it turned into COVID and whether it's a, you know, pandemic or pandemic, you know, this home was happy because I had the instinct that there was something that was going to go down. Um, I was well aware to watch the year 2000. I was well aware to watch, you know, 2012. And I knew that, you know, things were happening on a subtle level, whereas the rest of the world said nothing happened. I was awake enough to realize that it's subtle. It doesn't, you know, show up in neon lights. Although I did ask for my husband to show up in neon lights and he did. Mm, but there you um, go. the right best on. thing. So that's a conscious decision <laughs> too be actually you know involved in the process so yeah. this, this corona time in our house i was happy to have all everyone under my roof um without being okay. fearful but i realized that not everything is all roses and unicorns so i kind of said to god you know when hits the fan i want my family to under be all under the same roof and they'll have one child going to this you know the u.s school another one was in barbados and so they, they can be everywhere okay um they're both 21 right now so they're very independent so then when they came here i was in glory i was gardening i actually had the best beautiful garden i've ever had so basically we had corona time we had the nice long summer you know slice of lime and corona and just enjoying the beautiful skies that we could see and those beautiful blue skies reminded me of how clear the skies used to be during mm. the time that i witnessed the ufo yes we haven't had always the glory of having such a blue sky Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting about the lack of, of air traffic. Um, yeah, it's, it means a lot to me. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, the, the airport is very, very, very busy. There is often a lot of air traffic. And that's one of the things that I remember was a lot clearer skies. Mm -hmm. So you had all of your family there. And yeah, this is a, it's like a global timeout. Uh, yeah. As you were describing the experience, I just wrote that down. Where do you suppose we're headed once this timeout is over? Well, I believe we've already experienced the 2020 vision of what was said. You know, for instance, my my husband's workplace is corporate, and they're saying mm -hmm. you could never live, you know, work from home. It's not possible. Well, guess who's working from home? It, you know, he doesn't have to do the commute and he was flying a lot. Uh -huh. And so what they said wasn't possible. We are seeing with our own eyes, these structures don't always fit just similar to my school experience when I was a little girl, you know, you you're in that and some people are thriving, I did not. And so other people are thriving in their workspace, my husband's was not thriving. And so now yeah. we're home, and we can see that these kinds of things are can be a thing. We don't mm -hmm. have to commute. We can work from home. So this is, um, you know, this 2020 vision. We are yeah. seeing with our clearer eyes now because of this, this lockdown. Yes. It's very clear to every observer that a lot has changed. So uh, we're, and, and where we're headed, I, I think uh, people can be all over the map on it, but we're not going back to the way things were in most regards. I think that's, that's pretty clear. It's been quite a year. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that um, 
certain structures didn't fit for you. For you, it was the school structure. For some people, it might be a work structure, a corporate structure, um, whatever that is. Now, after you had this beautiful experience as a girl with the, with the UFO, have you run into a lot of skepticism in your lifetime as you've gone to share your experience? I believe I sheltered myself from that conversation okay. in, in a broad range when mm -hmm. I was a little girl. Although when my sister and my mother and my grandmother came out, they believed something big happened. They just didn't see it. And sure. back to the hypnosis lady, I had asked her, is this like a hereditary phenomenon? Because my dad did believe me. And he says he's seen some kind of weird ships, but not that close. Mm -hmm. um, and she didn't realize if there was any kind of like family lineage of this. But, you know, my daughters have had up close dreams and they all intersect with my hypnosis and my, my phenomenon. Whereas they're dreaming of, you know, having visitors and, mm -hmm. and even when I drew a picture of a being that I saw on the ship, I went to my daughter and I said, you know, oh, I, I have this picture. She goes, oh, that looks like the one that I wrote in my journal when I was like eight. And I said, no, you saw a gray. You know, we talk about the gray aliens. She mm -hmm. goes, no, it was cute like that. And, and it turns out we drew the same picture of the same little character that we saw on, on, in her dream and mine on the ship. So it's always intersecting, which is my question. Is it a family thing? And I don't really don't know the answer to that. Okay. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. And if you're out there listening, wherever you are, if you know the answer to that, would you email me? Yes, please. Tomas at TomasGarza.com. I'd love to hear your response if you have an answer. Is this a hereditary thing? Because I think a lot of us that have these types of experiences also have a family member or more than one family member that can, um, can attest to that and, and have a similar type of experience. Call it paranormal, call it energetic, call it a download, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of that going around right now in 2020 all over. Um, it's really all over the place. So Cindy, you mentioned that this experience as, as you describe it so beautifully and calmly and, and peacefully really fast tracked you in terms of spirituality. Would you say some more about how that took place? Well, just the curiosity. I was always curious. I love to imagine. I love to play outside um, as a little girl. A lot of the outdoor time. And in my era, you know, we did play outside. We didn't have, I hated video games. They're so frustrating. So you wouldn't find me doing that. But I yeah. did have, I had reoccurring dreams of, you know, UFOs flying over the house. And I had a reoccurring dream of always um, in a struggle with my basement light switch. Now, given that my parents bought a house with the deed of, of 1859 oh. that basement had a lot of stuff and it was on a river so there was lots there but I attributed that to you know the um the, the church vocabulary of evil and so I was always switching this light switch and the color was always red and years later when I finally said yes to spirit um, back to my hairdressing and using their experience, mm -hmm. this lady was discussing how she had a son that was really sick and the other kids wouldn't want to play in the basement. 
and I was on a mission to help myself meditate because I was too busy in my head. So I found the paraliminals, you know, the, the, the CDs that you listen to that balance your brain hemispheres. Yeah. And I had fallen across a, a course that was talking about the environmental energies that would, you know, affect the household members. Mm. So, mm-hmm. and then she'd leave and six weeks later, she'd come back for a haircut and still say, you know, her little boy has asthma and he, they're not doing well. So I said, I think that course is for me. So I said yes to this bizarre course. And if you had told me I was going to do that, because I was up until then really denying my role as an energy worker. Yeah. So I said yes to this course. And in this, you have to prepare your own home and do all your cures. And the one thing you're working with first is to make sure that your bed area or your office area isn't having the underground current of the friction of the water eroding the earth underneath you. Mm. And that was what was interfering with her son's sleep. So I said yes to spirit. And I could see the subtleties of what nature was telling us all along. So in the days when we put our homes in the earth by carving the earth out and putting the concrete foundation there, those energy lines were now bouncing off and ricocheting and getting trapped under our home. We never had that before. Yeah. Okay. Well, and this is something that, uh, so then did you began after this course, after saying yes to spirit, as, as you put that, I love the way that you characterize that, by the way. Yeah. Do you feel this? Do you see it? I mean, how do you determine how energy is flowing, being blocked? Mm-hmm. Well, the the instructor that I had um, learned from in depth with all the courses that I added onto my bio, she was told, no, you can't do this. You have to have the gift. You have to have the gift. And if it's from like, you know, the ancient lineages, which is why I'm asking if this is hereditary. And maybe we have our answer that no, you don't have to have the gift. You just have to make the conscious choice of going forward, finding the tools and the language that works for you. And I use yeah. the dowsing rods. That's okay. what it is. And mm-hmm. back when I said that I occupy the percentage of people that don't have the trauma, I think this is very important because I would have run for the hills if you told me I was clearing spirits in some of my applications. But my dowsing rods will indicate to me and I stay separate. I don't feel the trauma of, tra- of track okay. energy. I do not. I detect them. I'm able to cure them, but I walk away from it and I do have clearing tools, but I don't. Yeah see or feel the, the negative things. I'm lucky that way. Okay. Well, this is something that's really, really important. And uh, th- I think this is germane to a lot of uh, the listeners that would characterize themselves as light workers or energy healers um, of, in any different modality. Clearing tools are something that comes up a lot. And it's very, very important not to take on the negative energy if you can help it. So how, how do you feel like um, you're successful at not taking that on? Because some people really struggle with that. Well, the instructions were to do your own home and all of the cures that you would ever do for anybody else on your own home first. Okay. So I think that's important because you're building the energy in your own uh, living environment and you know, our environment, our personal environment is very important. So yes, by, by doing those ideas. And then there's the tools that are, you don't need somebody. You'd, I don't want people to be dependent on another person to um, not allow themselves the freedom to doing their own clearing. You open up your own windows, you, cl- 
paint is beautiful, you know, freshening up of energy. You sage, you use crystals, you use salt water, you take a salt bath. All of these kinds of things are, you know, are abundant and available to each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. And even if you're an energy worker or not, these are tools for every human being on the planet. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that uh, there's, well, there's no debating that it's all energy and it's in motion and it can get stuck and create blockages and all kinds of things. So it's very interesting. Now, with the environmental dowsing, um, is this something that you're now doing professionally now that you've retired from, from being a hairdresser? Well, that um, depends on being up in person. So I was doing that all along. So I'm building my 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 catalog of of my clients and all of the examples through all of these years since I said yes. And it was about 2008 that I started to study. And my first application was this in 2010, which is this woman who had this underground water and the instance with that nature is showing us because when I found on the edges of her property, and those are the ethics that you have to follow is that you only do the edges of the property of the person that you're involving, not the neighbors. And their hedge had a giant, you know, gap out of it. And I said, what's with the hedge? She goes, oh, that never grew before. So this energy line was roaring through the hedge. And it was continuing on to her house and into her smallest child's bedroom and under his crib. So when we bounce that water off the foundation, it's a little bit different than feng shui when you move your bed away from the water, which Mm -hmm. is a great idea. But unless you know that you haven't moved your bed to another water line, then, you know, you're kind of guessing. So in this, this discipline that I'm using, we're using copper rods as almost acupuncture points to, to bounce the, the water away from the foundation, just to okay. eight the people that live there. And so then after the little boy, he felt so much better that she took him off his asthma medicine. Okay. As a nurse, yeah. she did wow. that. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And, and well, I mean, you just answered the question I was going to ask, which was, all right, so how have people seen some benefit from that? So yeah, that's, that's most definitely a benefit taking him off ad- asthma medication. Well, the disclaimer is the, his body was more than apt to heal himself. He just needed some good night's sleep and not the friction of the vibration that doesn't fit the human body. You mm-hmm. know, water fits another place, but not under his little crib. Okay. So we have the miracle of our own body and our healing modalities of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a really important point that often comes up, and I'm glad it comes up because it's really critical is that each one of us has the ability to heal ourselves. And really, someone else isn't healing us. We're doing it. We're allowing it. Yeah, I love that. You know, fits in with, you know, the deciding to transform. Like Mm -hmm. your conscious decision starts with yourself. It does. And it really does start with a choice. And something that you've said several times that I'd love to talk more about is saying yes to spirit. I've, as we've been talking, I've written that one down and circled it. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Are you aware of a single point where you did say yes? Where were you? What did that look like? That was this year when I retired. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. Well, um, years ago, we had the um, the joy of uh, building a home in the country. Okay. And um, 
in that I had all the feng shui, you know, attributes of angling the house to my husband's, you know, money making number. And we built this home together. And I had thought, well, surely to goodness, my clients aren't following me here. And so not really worried about money. My personality is not really like that. I'm a little more free thinking. It's kind of irritating for my husband, who is the opposite and uh, Mm -hmm. is good with money. But all of those clients showed up and I was working 40 hours a week in the basement doing hair. And I thought, oh, well, that's not really what I thought was going to you know, happen. So I was sliding these applications in between here and family and you know, growing family and mm-hmm. all the business of two girls. But I didn't really say no. I did I didn't say no, but I didn't say yes to spirit during that time. And that was August 31st on the blue moon of 2012. We moved into our house and I did not say yes to spirit back then. So now with 2020 and everybody, you know, going in lockdown and now working from my home and having people coming in with the different mindsets of, you know, are we going to be sick? Are you going to be, you know, able to do my hair? And so with my husband needing the office and the kids needing the internet, um, I did decide to retire, even though I have a home-based salon. And during that, you know, I felt bad because they maybe feel abandoned from me, but I did have to say yes to spirit. And being a hairdresser, you're friends with everyone and you can't say yes to some and no to others. And Mm -hmm. even my first boss had to move towns because her friends always wanted her to do her hair. She had to move away just so she could truly retire. So I don't want people to think that I took, you know, the easy route by, by retiring and being afraid of the, you know, the virus. But, mm-hmm. you know, in the background, I said yes to spirit because this allows all of this open space to garden and to harvest everything that I had out of the garden, to cook my food, to make those decisions and to say yes to spirit on another level. And, and it is, you know, me with my meditations and I do receive intuitive messages and I do have pages of, of, and I don't want to say channeling, but information that comes through yeah. and I, I put it down on paper mm-hmm. and because of this new time and space, I did say yes. And it has opened up a lot more for me and it's fun. Yes. I love that. And you're right. It is fun. It's fun full of all kinds of new possibilities. So do you have, once this lockdown is over, once this pandemic is over, and it will eventually end, uh, those listening, if you're listening four or five years from now, we're recording this podcast on the 22nd of December, 2020. And as you look back in recent history, you'll know that this is during the coronavirus pandemic that struck the entire world just a few months ago and has changed everything as we've been discussing. So we thank you in advance for listening years from now, which is one of the cool things about podcasts. But anyway, Cindy, I digress. What are your plans for after this is all over? Well, I thank Spirit in advance for letting this happen because this is what we all needed to shift consciously. <laughs> yeah. And it's like one, you know, yep, where, yep. where one goes, we go. And, you know, with the conjunction and the energy of this new um, alignment, we're moving into 21 as more of a humanitarian aspect, mm-hmm. whereas in 2020, it was a little more like self-care and, you know, kind of hunkering down and just, you know, taking care of yourself. So I look forward now to, to ride this new, you know, you know, Jupiter and Saturn energy of 21 in the age of Aquarius, this new world 
to start being more in the out there and taking care of the of the the we more than the me. I've always considered myself a light work supporter. I never wanted to be the guru. I was the one to help the person's role in a way to say, okay, so how is your living environment? What is your subtleties of your workspace and those kinds of things. So I, I guess if the energy is changing, we're all going to go with it. Yeah, I love that. The light work supporter and and yeah, not everybody is destined to be the the guru, the the soul teacher, the the leader. Um, there's a lot of different roles to be played that have just as much significance and just as much impact. So, yeah, I love that you characterized it as that. So in your, your bio and materials, you talk about a concept that I'd like to ask you a little bit about here, and that is structured water. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with that, what is structured water? Well, when I moved to this next home, we inherited whatever we had here. So by, by going by past experience, I wanted the next new improved NASA, you know, technology of the next water purifier ever out there. Mm -hmm. It turns out that what I found is primitive and it's been here all along and it's been in plain sight and we've forgotten about it. So this water device um, doesn't necessarily we don't need it if we lived in nature and we could scoop our water from a, a running river, mm -hmm. which is what I used to do at my grandmother's house. I would well water on oh, the smell, you know, the smell and the minerals. So a structure yeah. of water is basically what happens um, when the water is in motion and it, you know, smashes itself against the curves and turns of a river. And within that function, it becomes alive. It stays alive, I should say. And it gathers within itself all the minerals that it needs to, to create the, um, you know, the completion of its own mandate. Water needs to fulfill itself with minerals. So when we structure our water, um, we're able to have that. So the, the osmosis water takes things away from that. So if we were now to become the river, if we're drinking osmosis water and that water molecule doesn't have the minerals that it needs, it will find its river, meaning us, our body, starting with our mouth, and it'll start collecting the minerals from our body to fulfill the mandate of a water molecule. Uh -huh. So structured water, it will pass through us and deliver us the minerals. And because it's um, not clustered and clumpy like dead water, it has the ability to slip one tiny little water molecule into our cell through the aquaporin. And within the cell, this water drop it will drop in, delivering to the, to the mitochondria all the minerals that it has. And we get an intracellular um, hydration. So when the the seniors that we have are lined up in the hospital and 70% of their problem is the fact that they're not hydrated enough. Yes, yeah. they drink water, but if it's, if it's clumpy water and it's dead water, if it's, you know, been sitting around in a bottle, it's not filling the cell. So the, the blood, the bloodstream is getting hydrated and, but not the intracellular structure. So we are becoming dehydrated because water's not fitting in. Okay. Structured water does that because it delivers one molecule at a time. Okay. This is very interesting. I've, I've never heard this description exactly the way that you just put it. So I, I'm very interested in this. How does one then obtain structured water or structure it 
themselves? Mm-hmm. Well, there's lots and lots of many ways because it's primitive and because you know, water is intelligent and knows how to do that. We yeah. just need to have some motion. And there's many um, devices okay. that we can use, not that we should be using it, but because we live in a time and space where our water comes through pipes that are longer than 300 feet long. And sure. when water travels that long in a straight direction, it's lost its motion. So it's lost it's um, it's vitality. So when we drink it, it's been still. It's been too long. So yeah. I mean, um, it was it was Rudolf um, Steiner that did the you know the spinning of the water by hand. Right. And there are devices that we can use. So I I have chosen one that basically doesn't need any water filters, and uh, it has been handcrafted <laughs> by a man in Austria. Um, okay. And where some of that technology is still alive and well. Um, and basically what it's doing, it's using sacred geometry, it's spinning the water back into practice. And as long as my home is small enough that it's not reaching pipes longer than 300 feet, um, then the water in my glass will become structured. And because it's not chemically enhanced, and I do not agree with um, anything that is um, increased with osmosis with an electrical current, it's the stability of that water molecules is very short lived. So it's better just to spin it and, you know, use the, the natural primitive uh, motion that water actually will, okay. will adapt to quite well. So yes, the structured water is easy to maintain. Okay, well, this is interesting. Now, if someone is listening to this, and they're interested in obtaining more information about this, where would they go? I have left you a link and on there, um, I am full disclosure, I am an affiliate. So if there's a purchase, I get a 10%, um, but I'm not a salesperson. In fact, I almost didn't mention the water to you today, which <laughs> uh. I need to I need to step up because the water and the hydration are very important. Um, so yes, there's different um, tools and there are different products on there. And that's how I found this. I said, surely to goodness, there's somebody that's been doing all this research that I am because I needed to sell this concept to my husband. Being an engineer, he's he's trying to say, you know, scientifically, how does this work and why can I, why do I believe you? So I spent three months making a, a spreadsheet of all the, the reasons why we oh. should have this. So okay. The site that I gave you has also done this work and offers different um, different systems, and I'll say devices because it is a, a material product that you put in your home, or you go out to the river and you scoop yourself some water. But yeah. until those days, we do need to make, make it easy. So I did give you a link there. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about that link. Now, this is the, the link to your research journey, correct? Yes. 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 Okay. So I've, I've, let me give this link out here on the podcast. So if you're interested in following Cindy's research on structured water and the spreadsheet that you meticulously crafted, as you just described. So the link is HTTPS colon slash slash wonder water device, all one word, wonder water device dot wordpress dot com, wonder water device dot wordpress dot com. And, and Cindy, how else if people are interested, um, whether they're interested in structured water or whether they're interested in the work that, that you do with environmental dowsing and are going to do once the pandemic ends, how would people reach you for more information? I have Facebook pages for both. The Wonder Water is easily, it's on Facebook. That is is my easy way to update things. And to be honest, I'm quite lazy with that. And the other one is Ruby Vision, Ruby Vision Empowerment. And um, how that started 
was, I don't even know what year ago, but I had a past life regression. And when I was to ask what my name was, I had to say my name was Ruby. So uh, okay. in that, I, I had an experience of a past life, which um, led me to this energy work. And so I've named that Ruby Vision Empowerment. Right. And again, that's to support others and not to be the guru, because I'm not, but to 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 support others in, in their quest for, for things that I've come across. Okay, I, I love that. And so the, the Facebook, the Facebook uh, pages then are Wonder Water Device and Ruby Vision Empowerment. All right, Wonder Water Device and Ruby Vision Empowerment, some of the ways that you can get a hold of Cindy and find out more information about what she is doing and fascinating, fascinating energetic world of environmental dowsing and structured water. So Cindy, this has been a real pleasure to have you on the show here today. I've learned a great deal and I've really enjoyed our conversation. I want to thank you for joining me as my guest here today. Thank you so much. I enjoyed every minute of this. Experiencing you know, myself through another lens is something that I think we all should experience. Yeah, I have to agree with that. It's a lot of fun and it's a lot of fun to give the space for, for people to talk about what's important to them. And when every time I'm interviewed as a guest, whether it's on a podcast or any other forum, I always end up learning so much more about myself. So I, I really, uh, I'm glad to hear you say that. So Cindy, one, um, is there anything else actually that you'd like to add before we wrap up today? Um, one more thing. I would like to offer uh, a meditation for okay. the listeners just, and we'll always remain free. Um, I believe that, you know, we have uh, new earth possibilities. And again, we'll talk about this time and date of the 22nd. So yesterday was the, the um, solstice mm. and the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn and this whole thing that, you know, hasn't happened in on that grand scale. I think it was 1623, the time of Galileo. Mm. So, but we're moving into like an earth um, uh, from an earth sign to an air sign and again supports this humanitarian aspect of you know more of a spiritual vibe mm -hmm. so I, in this i would like to show with us that we have within our own bodily structure structure sacred geometry and different you know means of of levels so we have our physical body we have our etheric body which is just two three inches around our physical body we experience that section of our body when we have goosebumps and chicken skin and our hairs stand up on end when we have our aha moment. When our hairs are standing up on end, they are reaching into the etheric body. In there is a blueprint for our next best self. It's mm. next level blueprint structures to our next self. Mm. The same thing is when I didn't say yes when I moved that one time. I missed an opportunity to experience my next level self. With 2020, a lot of people are having the opportunity to experience our next level self. We are looking 2020 and seeing with new vision. So I actually have um, a meditation that will help us bring in this blueprint. Beautiful. And if we move towards it, we can uh, access things like uh, releasing karma 
and releasing the curse of the original sin and no longer do we need those residues of, of um, feelings of you know being suppressed so i will have that available and it's beautiful and relaxing and we can use it two ways we can use it to um turn on a right angle to the sunset and have it for a sleep, or we can use it for the sunrise and use it to fuel our day. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This is, that's really wonderful. And then very generous of you. So a free meditation, which will be available as a link when this show is released. And the, the place to find this link will be on social media, uh, Cindy, on, on your social media that you've mentioned on mine, Tomas Garza on mm -hmm. Facebook. Facebook. And the website, my Podbean website is Decide to Transform, the title of the show, decide to transform.podbean.com. The link will be available there as well. So Cindy, thank you very much for that. That's very interesting about reaching into the etheric body for our next level self. And everything that you've just talked about has been going on for some time, especially in the last year. So we're at an exciting time in human experience. There's no question about it. And we've really just kind of scratched the surface of that today. So I want to invite the listeners to please get a hold of Cindy, reach out, on her Facebook groups, Wonder Water Device and Ruby Vision Empowerment, great ways to reach her. Cindy, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a real pleasure. For me as well. Thank you so much for offering this to all of your listeners and uh, the whole concept of deciding to transform. And I will uh, dedicate myself to be more responsible with my role and show up a little more often. Thanks to you. Oh, well, thank you. It's, it's my pleasure to, to have you here. And really, that's what it's about for all of us is showing up. And we all have a, a very unique role to play. So I thank all of you for listening today. This has been Decide to Transform. And I will see you all again very soon. Everyone have a great day.